Hi, Kath. Hi, Don. Open up my window. Christina's here. The Moral Alchemist. CDG, as she's been known now. <laughs> Author of the book, uh, Wise Up at Work, which is a very quick and great read. It's quick because it all makes sense. Uh, and now International Association of Top Professionals, Industrial Philosopher of the Year, Christina DiGiacomo. Hello, everyone. So good to see you guys and hi to everybody out there. I feel yes. like I, I think you were on last January, like a year ago, last January, right? Yeah, because I actually came up. Right. This is when we could actually go somewhere <laughs> where we didn't really know what zoom exactly was <laughs> yeah i certainly didn't know what zoom was actually <laughs> well also the weird thing is is shortly after i like a week after i had come back i what i didn't feel well like i had this like mild cold oh. and then a week after that is when everyone was like oh wow this is really real it's like all over new york city and i was like oh wow did i have it I didn't, but it was just all these sort of, you know, I yeah. traveled to come and see you guys and then I got sick and then it, it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank God you're okay. You're okay. You're yeah. okay. Yeah. Safe. It's so, it was so weird not being able to see you. We had plans. We always have plans. And so I'm really looking forward to maybe the light at the end of the tunnel, which we're working on. So good to see you. Good to see you here, even on zoom looking fabulous. I'm so proud of you about your award. Like that's huge. Like I don't, you know, it's, it feels good to be recognized even with people like we recognize you because we love you, but it's nice to be recognized with people that don't know you really, you know, that know your work, but not necessarily know you. It feels really good to be recognized. So I hope you take that so to heart and I hope that you run with it and feel like fantastic about it you know we've had this podcast for more than three years and i've never really felt the need to have a soundboard but i really wish we had a round of applause right yeah now. sound effect i never wanted that before but i really want it right now <laughs> yeah. oh thank you i love you guys well we love you too really great so, to see you um Christina, before Kathy goes off on her rant because she's just ready to pounce like Jaguar on the subject, um, give us, bring us up to speed since we last talked in January, where you are. So uh, I've been really busy, like hitting the books and really thinking really hard about what would be useful for people. And a couple of things that you know, I've put out recently one I call the mental detox. So, uh, you know, basically it's like going from mental chatter to things that matter in 14 days. And basically it's all the best 
practices and lessons around your mind and your thoughts and managing your thoughts and you know being observant and being of service and all these really really wonderful ways that you can kind of get out of your head and get out of that alternate reality that your head is spinning for you and so that's going really well um you know if you want to go to the mentaldetox.com so that's the uro and then also recently i just was really kind of thinking about my morning routine. And, you know, I was like one of those people who had no morning routine. And then I had this super intense morning routine where I was like meditating and then visioning and then journaling and then yogaing and then voice recording and three hours goes by. That's my whole morning, which is that really sort of ethereal, creative, like connection to the universal time for me. And I was eating away into, you know, into it. And so again, I called on philosophy and was like, how can I philosophically approach the morning routine? And that's where I came up with the seven questions for life which is a whole new uh, morning routine practice. So you can still have time, do self-care, do that really beautiful, expansive uh, self-knowledge work without sacrificing you know, your morning time. And basically it's a question method that'll take your morning from frantic to fulfilled in five minutes for life. And mm. yeah. Nice. And- yeah. So you can go to uh, the number seven, seven questions for life.com and check that out. And I actually have a discount code for sisters are in fans oh, that's to get 15% off. So just use the code sisters are in um, and definitely check it out and completely, completely reimagine your morning routine. Cause we know mornings set the tone for your day days set the tone for your for years and years set the tone for your life so you know really why not kind of rethink how you start your day yeah yeah i love it i love it thank you that's really great i you know i am not oh go ahead donna i was just going to say that i'm familiar with your mental detox program i think it's really clever i like it and the being of service part um, inspired me. Kathy knows this. I already talked about it on the podcast. But in December, I was feeling, you know, philosophically and personally in a rut, like rut. And like, how can I shake it up? And being of service was how I did it. I did something to be of service. And three months later, I'm on a path that I had no idea that was uh, available to me. So good. So thank you for that. Sure. Woohoo. Wow. Yeah. I recommend the mental detox for sure. Well, that's amazing. I, you know, morning routines are, are, I'm, I'm a little lazy. I'm like really relaxed. I don't like routine. Like I don't like having a routine. Um, but we do have routines, even if we don't think we have routines. And I think that's what would be really helpful because the first thing I do when I wake up, you know, obviously as I wake up and I take a few minutes, I'm not going to go through my whole routine as I record a video every day. I don't shower first. Like, this is what I look like in the morning. This is how I am and take me as I am, right? This is how it is. And I have to, but I have to do that first. If I don't do that, it does throw the rest of the day off. 
So if I just do that video, if I just express myself in the morning, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like that I'm a little bit less, I'm a little less, you know, talkative later for everybody else. <laughs> so it's good for everybody else's day. <laughs> so that's my routine. So I can't wait to check it out. It sounds like a really great idea. It sounds perfect. Thank you. You know, it's interesting. I, I feel like I finally landed on how, like an analogy between your work and my work and, or a, like a parallel, I finally figured it out. So, you know, Kathy, you, like you work with cards and sounds and, um, and stones and, and those are sort of your tools, like uh, your mediums in a way. My version of cards and stones and sounds are questions. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's what a, that's my magic. So my mm -hmm. magic is is the use of questions to allow people to expand their mind, expand their consciousness, and get closer to a a relationship with the self and mm -hmm. an understanding of their reality. And mm -hmm. so I don't know, I just wanted to share that with you because when I landed on it, I was like, oh, Kathy uses these things. You know, this is my thing. It, it, it's still, we still sort of serve the same purpose, which is to help people and bring good in the world. It's just, I do it in a different way than you do, but it's like, that's my tool. Is you know, it's about inspiration. Yeah. You know, that was my kick. All right. That was my kick. You started the kick and here's my kick this whole month. I have and you and I have had this conversation, Christina, we had an in-depth conversation. We wanted to talk about it, but this week is like how we've been inspired in our lives. Right. And take inspirations from other people. So your inspiration is questioning, questioning questioning the mind, questioning the universe, questioning what's out there. And I guess I get answers without questions because I can't think of questions. <laughs> it needs to just come to me, you know? <laughs> and it makes so much sense. The intention is there, but the inspiration is the same. It's just different ways of getting there. And I think about, you know, this last week, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. DMX passed away, right? Yeah. I know that it's a whole thing, right? And you know, I was upset about it because Christina knows me. She knows I was upset about it, I'm sure. And I got a little flack because I expressed that, you know, he really inspired me. He inspired me. His music inspired me. His behavior, not so much. He didn't have great behavior, but where pain comes from, pain is given. I mean, pain, you know, so understanding the human behavior and, and really understanding that you will be able to get inspiration from everywhere. Once you block that out and you, once you stop, if, if whoever's listening, the issue is that we are idolizing human beings and we need to stop idolizing people, human beings, because we're all here because we're in school. <laughs> we are learning, we, are, we have human behavior, we are dysfunctional. We're creating, trying to create function. We have uh, reasoning that we have to work on. There's so many complicated um, of who we are. And we, and I, I'm noticing that people are getting caught up in, well, this person is really great at doing this. And then once they find out they had a human behavior, well, fuck them. We're done with that. I was like, how does that make sense? How does it, 
because now you're putting pressure on, you're putting pressure on us. You can look, you know, you, we can inspire you, but what if you don't like what something I do? You didn't like that I did something. So then you're just stop being inspired because I've done other things. That's your choice. But it was, it made me very sad that how much inspiration there is out there. And I feel that you and what you're doing is helping that. You're helping other people philosophically in their minds be inspired by question. You can question people, question, how does that work for you? What, how does that make you feel? How did that take you to another level and kind of pinpoint, you know, where you get your inspiration from. And I realized that, that you and I, again, having that same conversation in my head that I wanted to talk to you about is how do you and I parallel with helping people become inspired by other people without idolizing and clumping one human being because you're you're missing out if you do it. Yeah. You're missing well, out. So yeah. so I don't know if you want me to talk about DMF, but I well, want tell me when to say I had I had a thought about that. <laughs> I don't know. You know, we're all children. Children. We're, we're all children. We're all children. We're ridiculous. So when you we idolize someone, it's like idolizing Jeffrey in the desk next to you when you're like in sixth grade. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. And Jeffrey smelled. His armpits were bad. Right. <laughs> we're all <Smell>. children. <laughs> like, we don't know what we're doing. We have no idea we don't what, know the, what the hell we're doing. I don't We're know. just trying to you know, play on the kickball field of life here, <laughs> getting picked last, trying to throw a good pitch, you know, try not to get caught in the tether ball. Board. You know, honestly, that whole idolatry thing <laughs> is yeah. really, you know, it's chasing ignorance, I have to say, because there, there's a difference between idolatry and admiration, right? Or respect, right? And I know that I am playing semantics here, but there is a nuance that's very, very important because idolatry, you lose yourself in that other person, whereas respect and admiration, you see yourself in that other person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what you admire and respect in that other person, you recognize maybe consciously or subconsciously you recognize that in yourself because you want to be that you see that you connect to that with the wisdom of that person because you have that wisdom inside of you idolatry is a completely like it is 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 so debasing of someone's essence and what i find hilarious with this whole we're all in school thing is that you're idolizing someone who is also a child trying to figure yeah. life out. Yes. And, and maybe not doing that great a job of it for <laughs> one thing that they, cause they've just got a really great voice. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, so it really brings up, a, a, I think um, a real challenge to bring people back from that because it's very yeah. shiny yeah. and it's very bright <laughs> And, and your attention gets captured in that idolatry and you lose yourself because that's what the ego wants. The ego wants you to lose yourself in that thing because the yeah. ego is terrified of you connecting to who you really are because then it loses its job. 
essentially. Yeah. Yes. It does not want to lose its job. So anything bright and shiny and plastic and Kardashian (laughs) is going to completely attract the fuck out of you. Yeah. And um, it's a very, very I have a dangerous, sad place to be until you remember that Kim Kardashian is Kim from the cheerleading squad in eighth grade who like picks on everybody. I have a funny story about when um, I got to know Al Pacino. (laughs) So good story. Go. Oh my God. So so in the year 2000, um, uh, my boss was became very good friends with Estelle Parsons, who um, is amazing. She's amazing. And I, I do idolize that woman, but, um, and she lives in the Hudson Valley and she creates, she developed a great relationship with us at the Bardavon. She really loved us. And she happened, she's part of the actor studio and she was directing um, a production of Salome. And she had Al Pacino working with her on it and they were going to bring it to Broadway, but they wanted to rehearse and Al Pacino wanted to rehearse, not in a rehearsal space. He wanted to rehearse in a theater that was very similar to the Broadway house where they were going to be. But unfortunately, all of the Broadway houses that weren't um, in use at the time that would have qualified were so expensive. So Estelle suggested the Bardavon. So because the Bardavon is a thousand seats and it has the proscenium with its ornate and it's the same year, blah, blah, blah. So Al Pacino was coming to check out the theater for the first time. And we're all like a buzz, like, oh my God, we're gonna, he's coming here. Like the great Al Pacino is coming here. So he's supposed to come to the backstage door. We make all of the arrangements um, for him to come to the backstage door. He's coming with, he's supposedly coming with two people. Everybody is kind of hanging out, waiting for him. And um, this old man approaches from the front lobby. He apparently went to the box office (laughs) and shocked everybody in the box. Like, what the, what the? And he, so the box office, of course, let him in. And now he's wandering around the theater. And I happened to be in the house because everybody is waiting for him. And I felt like this is the, it's so weird. Like we don't need to be lined up like fucking Buckingham Palace. It was weird. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll just wait in the theater when they all come in. And I happen to be the only one there. And I see his silhouette and it, and this old guy is walking towards me. And as he approaches, and I'm thinking, this might, maybe this is his security. I don't, I don't know. I didn't think old, it was old, him. old man security. <laughs> I didn't know what he. I didn't know who what. And as he approaches, he's like, hi, hi, hi. <laughs> and I was like, he smelled like an old closet. <laughs> his coat looked like it looked like he was wearing a coat. And this, I have to tell you, I have no problem saying this because over the week I became friends with his right-hand man and Mr. Pacino himself who laughs at himself. So I am, he's, he's a lovely person, but my first impression of him was not that shiny 
Oscar. <laughs> Amazing. His his coat looked like he pulled it out from under his seat. It was like an afterthought, like, oh, fuck, it's cold. I, I need a coat. Let me see what's in the car. And he pulled out somebody else's coat from underneath his car seat. That's what it looked like. It had weird cat hair and shit all over it. It was wrinkled. And he's he had this really old man smell on the back of his head. He had bedhead. So I was like, oh, 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 Mr. Pacino is like, no, 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 call me out. No problem. And so I'm trying to subtly now without shouting, like he's over here. You know, I bring him up on stage and I'm talking a little loudly. I'm trying to get the eye, you know, catch my everybody's eye. And they're, they finally realize that he's here. They're like, oh, and so the 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 what i i the one thing that happened that i was like okay i'm out i i can't i have to process this as you walk down the stairs backstage at the bardavan there's it's you have to duck a little bit there's like there's like a you know duck your head like and it's like a little pipe that has a a carpet on it just in case then there's another place where you just have to not walk into it. You just have to make the left into the hallway. So all you got to do is be aware <laughs> of your surroundings. So let me put it this way. When I give a tour of people <laughs> who have Down syndrome, I will stand at that spot so they can walk around me. However, <laughs> Mr. Pacino, we specifically said, watch your head here and be careful of this pipe. And when you fucking know it, thunk, thunk, he hit both. Not one. Not like, oh, oh, I should listen. He hit both of them down the stairs. And I was like, oh my Jesus. Oh my God. I'm out. I, I need a minute. I need to reconnoiter. I can't. I can't. He hit his head. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, my stomach hurts. <laughs> yeah. So, then I, so I just want to round out this story so it's not out there like a hanging chat of weirdness for this poor guy. He, what I, I, quickly you know liked him a lot because he's very superstitious i you know and i'm very superstitious kathy and i've talked about it all the time and how like when we're at a casino like we make yes to no our days over <laughs> like decisions based on what other people are wearing <laughs> if something is like not right like <laughs> that red check shirt and that, that lady, we're out. We can't play here anymore. Like we're out, and people think we're crazy. Well, so <laughs> he is really, really strict about the no whistling rule, which I am too. In theaters, you don't whistle in theaters. It's really bad luck if you whistle. And his and so his handler is this really big guy. He grew up with in the Bronx. He says he's cousins. His best friend. His name is Lou. I have an autographed picture of Al Pacino right here in my dressing room. I'm 100% sure it was Lou who, who signed it, which makes me happy that it was Lou who signed Al Pacino. 
You can't sell it on eBay now, John. I watched him. I watched him sign all the other stuff, and I'm like, Lou, you sign everything. He's like, ah, if I have to, and I'm like, you do. But anyway, so Lou handles him. So Lou tells everybody, all right, everybody, no whistling in the theater because it really upsets him. Don't upset him. And so everyone's like, okay, okay. But the other thing that he does, which is very superstitious, is when he comes to the backstage door, he knocks on the door. You knock on the door, and then you walk a little bit in each direction. Do you oh, know this? No. Yes. You okay. never told me this. So I hear this routine. Lou's like, okay, just so you know, when Al comes in, he's got a little routine. He's got to knock on the door. He's going to walk in four directions. Okay. Well... One of the directions is like crack alley. <laughs> so one day, so I tell Lou, make sure he doesn't go into that My neighborhood. Aunt. And so I happen to be backstage for rehearsal. <laughs> Marissa Tomei comes in, Diane Weiss comes in. We're all wait, they're all waiting for Al to come. And I hear the knock and I'm like, oh, he's gonna come in. But then he doesn't come in. And so I peek out the door and he's walking up to crack alley. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, <laughs> he's wandering off. <laughs> so I'm like, Mr. Pacino, Mr. Pacino, <laughs> I, it's really not prudent for you to go here. Uh, can I? And he was like, I just was feeling a little extra today. <laughs> like, oh my God, this old guy is wandering around. <laughs> In the meantime, people are buying tickets and they're like, Michael Corleone is going to be at the Bardavon. You know, they just picture the well put together three piece suit, slicked guy, or the, you know, the take charge cop he plays or whatever he plays. Like all these dynamic people and backstage, he's hitting his head and walking into Crack Alley. <laughs> Saying, I was just feeling a little I extra. Was just a little extra today. <laughs> I'm saying that every day. Oh my god! I have to say, we all have. I mean, and the staff, everybody on the staff has one of their a a story of some sort like that. That being said, any but there are a lot of people who traveled who feel very connected to him. If he had the time, he made the time for people. There were other people in that production who were not nice, who didn't look at gifts, didn't open cards. People gifted mm. this person beautiful things and sh they left them in the dressing room. Like if you want it or it's in the garbage. Al Pacino, mm. if you wrote him a card, he read it or at least Lou read it and put it in front of his face. <laughs> and he was so gracious, so, so, so gracious. So he was a bumbling, smelly, weird old guy who was incredibly talented and was very, very nice. But boy, did that was a big lesson for me. That was a big lesson. And when people say, oh, it must be so cool. You meet people. And I'm like, you don't want to meet your heroes. You never want to meet them. Believe me, everybody has bad days. I can yeah. name a half a dozen performers who I loved before I knew them. I got to know them and I don't even want to look at their faces when I see them on TV. There are other people who I think sh the whole world should bow down to because they're so wonderful. But for the most part, you don't want to meet your heroes. Mm. 
That was hysterical, by the way. I did oh not know that story as so much fun. Yeah, um, I, totally, I my boss has a really funny impression of him hitting his head on the pipe. <laughs> like we still talk about that. <laughs> Oh my God. Don't hit your head on the pipe. Be careful the pipe right. Thunk. <laughs> so going, going back to that, it's expectations and disappointments. Re removing that expectations of people, expecting what you think people should be and how they are is the lesson. And disappointment is an ugly spirit. You know, like when people say, I'm disappointed in you. I'm not responsible for how you think and feel about me. So you're disappointed in the ideology of what you think of me. You're disappointed in the expectation of what, how you think I should behave and do and be. That's a lot of pressure to put on somebody. You know, the one thing that I often talk about with Sophia, you know, being a parent <laughs> and her being my child is, <clears throat> she's always like, did I disappoint? I was, I've never used the word, I've, I'm disappointed in you. I've never said to her, I say, I'm pissed at you and you're an idiot sometimes, but never, wow, I'm really disappointed in you. Because putting that pressure on somebody who, and all of us who still need growth and who still need to find themselves, you're, you're stagnating it. Because then I'm gonna think about the person I care about and love doesn't think I have value. And we're all struggling, you know, we all are struggling on feeling value and worth and so putting that out there that I'm disappointed or that you're disappointed in something, you know, like, and then I think about this, okay, the, the other side of that is this, we, we were talking about DMX, I'm not disappointed in him that he had, he has poor behavior and choices because he's authentic, he is who he is. He never said he was something, anything other than who he was. And so I only have respect for people who are authentic and say who they are. Bill Cosby, that's, that was shocking. That wasn't disappointing. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't authentic. He wasn't a good, he didn't have good character. He did things that were very flawed that hurt people, but then he pretended to be something he's not. And so therefore this is not what I'm talking about. You know, so I think that when we fill it, when we're trying to philosophize, yeah, philosophize, spiritualize, think, feel, be with other people. I think letting go of that, of idolizing and expectations, I think is you're gonna get a lot more inspiration out of that. The inspiration I got from Donna's story is that first of all, I think I love Al Pacino more now than I would have ever thought about, you know, because all I heard was he was authentic. He didn't pretend to be something he wasn't and he was kind and it he has great stories in the fact that he has commonalities that we do of superstition so i'm inspired by that that's going to remind me be authentic kathy be who you are don't worry about what people are thinking and just just be just be you you know and so i love that that's inspirational that's all i gotta say about that i think i'm done with that <laughs> so far <laughs> what else did you um what else did you want to talk about with Christina? I can't remember. Oh, okay. Christina, Christina, Christina. I just called in Beetlejuice. I don't know why, but this is happening. 
Christina, you bloody married me. I know. <laughs> you know that's you know that story with Donovan with Bloody Mary stole the chips. Do you know that story? <laughs> he wanted to sleep. First of all, I had, I had a Donovan story. Being of adorable and inspiration. So Donovan, <laughs> Donovan, this was a couple of years ago. He was he didn't sleep for a week, and I didn't know why. And I called the school, and I was really concerned because he was on the phone. He was slurring. I thought it was his medication. And so I said, you know what, let me bring him home. Maybe he just needs to sleep. Maybe he's just overstimulated. I was really concerned about him. I, I was so upset. I was like, something's going on with my kid. I'm gonna have to take him to the hospital. So all of a sudden I wake up in the middle of the night and he's on the couch and Donovan doesn't sleep on the couch. He likes his room, he has his routine. And I was like, and he, and he had the blanket over his, over his face. And I'm like, Donovan, I was like, why are you on the couch, honey? Why are you not sleeping? He's like mom, I'm so exhausted. I'm like, why are you not sleeping? He said, because I watched the ring at school and I'm scared that the <laughs> ring lady's going to come and get me. And I was like, is that why you're not fucking sleeping? And I said it like that. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, over a movie you weren't supposed to see. And I started laughing. I was like, Donovan, don't be afraid. He's like, well, he's like me and my friend. <laughs> they were in the bathroom. And we just said, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, like three times. And then he said he was, she was going to come kill me in the middle of the night. And then I saw the ring and now I don't want to sleep. <laughs> so he basically invoked the two scariest bitches yes. in horror yes, like, exactly. at the same time. Like, <laughs> so I'm like, go bigger, go home. Right. But this is the funny part, right? So I, he's like, mom, can I just sleep on the couch for the rest of the weekend? I'm like, absolutely. Whatever you need, I'll be here. I'll sit on the chair so you can go to sleep. So I slept on the chair just to make sure Bloody Mary doesn't come or whatever. I said, so I snuck. So I snuck back into bed because he was hardcore sleeping, hardcore sleeping. So I went back into bed. An hour later, I hear crunch, crunch, crunch. And like, I hear like the cabinet doors open. So I get up from my room and it's a long hallway and I hear running like and then him like I apparently like I feel like he was he ran to the couch the cabinet doors are all open so now I'm thinking bloody Mary's in the house I got a stage like what's going on and I can see him like breathing hard because he ran and I was like Donovan did you eat potato chips he goes no it was bloody Mary <laughs> When he does something, he's, I'm like, did Bloody Mary freaking take my protein bars? He's like, no, it was me. I was like, okay. <laughs> he's so adorable. Anyway, sidetrack. So you, so I called Christina because I had, I, I had some things in my mind that I needed to talk through. She's my go-to girl too. I have my two go-to girls here. And so I, I, I was mentioning to Christina, I said, you know, um, I'm, I was very upset because somebody I love dearly was taken advantage of uh, by a coach. And I called her up, it gets me really emotional. And I said, Christina, I said, I am really upset. I said, I do not understand this fad that's going on with this coaching stuff. I am not saying there's not legit people out there. I am not, I'm, I don't wanna do that. It's like kind of clumping me with psychics. I just watched con the con and there was psychic cons, like, first of all, anyway. So I'm like, you don't want to clump people, but there seems to be a social media 
I can't, I think I need you to explain what I was feeling. You know, I'm going to give it to you, Christina, but I agree with whatever you're going to say. You're going to agree with everything I'm going to say. Everything you're saying, you are. you're like, yes. Uh, of course you are. Just kidding. Um, so, you know, I mean, well, this is what happens when we encounter a false prophet. You know, when we encounter a charlatan, when we see the truth behind that, uh, and it, it, I was thinking about our conversation. I remember a story that you told me, uh, and I want to bring this kind of into the mix and, and also um, respond to what you were saying. I remember a long time ago, you were telling a story about a woman who had come to you asking for help because she had seen a psychic who told her that she was cursed. And I... First of all, I went all in my mind, like pitchforks and torches. I got so, I was so infuriated by that. And part of the reason I was infuriated by it is because you're messing with people's minds. Like you're really working with people's minds, their identities, their understanding of themselves, their understanding of, of reality. Um, and, you know, you really have to ha take that responsibility very seriously. There's a reverence that is required to be a practitioner, a mind practitioner or a spiritual practitioner or a lifestyle or life coach practitioner. And what I've seen is there's a couple of things that are going on. Um, first, there's a narrative around, you know, people becoming coaches and they're being exposed to messages around, you can become a coach and you don't really even need any experience. And the reason why that is out there is it's actually meant to, for people to buy that coaching training program. Because who's going to buy a coaching training program that's going to tell them, well, you actually need to have some experience and a few years under your belt and maybe, a, you know, some, some credentials. No one's going to buy that program. They're going to buy that, oh, I don't need to know anything. Great. Let me plunk down my card because, and it's complete manipulation. It is a total manipulation that is happening right now. This idea that like, um, look, you can have your own life experiences and speak from your own life experiences and no one can take that away from you, right? No one can take that right. away from you. Like for example, if you're, if you're someone who's a recovering addict and you're working with recovering addicts, mm -hmm. that kind of makes sense to me. Yes, right? absolutely. Right? So using your own personal experiences is is part of is part of that process but what i'm talking about is this idea that you could just become an expert like that and it is a marketing tactic it is a manipulation and it and the problem is is that people buy into it and then they they get churned out believing that they can practice and then they're out there in the world, fucking with people's minds, fucking with people's wallets, 
thinking and believing that they actually know what they're doing in order to in order to help foster transformation in people and so but the thing is everything comes out in the wash because if you don't know what you're doing you're not going to make any money right. <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing you're not going to be successful you're really not like right. when it really comes down to it so there's a there's a there's a safety net there's a firewall there's a, the universe has a safety net. The universe has a firewall where it will let people go only so far. And then if you don't have the goods, it'll be like, right. well, you're just going to stay right there. Cause the people that have the goods, we're going to, you know, they're going right. to expand and so on. Yeah. So yeah, that's, it's very problematic. It's extremely problematic and frightening um, because now there's people who really need help who are getting told, oh, you're cursed. Or people who really need help getting a life coach or a coach that doesn't know what the heck they're doing and doesn't know how to lead them through their transformation. One of the things, yeah, as my it was, no, it's it's it was how I felt, and thank you. It was like because again, there are coaches out there that are wonderful. I'm sure I we know them. We know AJ. AJ is the best. AJ is awesome. I'm not talking, like you said, I'm not talking about peer support coaching, somebody who's been through a process to help you get through that process. That's called peer to peer coaching makes total sense. And so what is scary to me is that now I have a, a, a mentorship program and I've mentored many, many successful spiritualists who are on their path. And I'm grateful the one thing that upsets me is that I get a lot of, <clears throat> hey, can you just ordain, can, can we set up an appointment so you can ordain me? Um, no, actually I can't. Well, I just want to marry people. I'm like, it doesn't work like that. You can go online and do the, you can do that. You can do that, but I'm not going to put my name. You have, it's years and years of life training. I want to see how you are in your life. Are you, are you authentic to what your experiences are? Have you honed in on what your trauma is? You know, all these questions, when you do that, then you can help other people. You have to help yourself before you help other people. How many people want a, a quick, a, like a quick fix of success is not going to get you. We all have to work to get where we're going to be. And if you skip the line, if you skip, there's no guarantee that you're still going to get the buffet. Because someone's going to get mad and punch you in the face. And then you have to go all the way back on the other line anyway. And this, this taking it. So what I'd like to say to, to the listeners is this. If you are seeking help, whether it's a certified licensed therapist, I'm speaking about that, a Reiki master, a psychic, a, a writer, let's see what else professionals, a philosopher. You have the right to interview them and find out where, what are their credentials? Where have they been through? Interview. I interview doctors. I interview people who are going to affect my life because I have been screwed so many times because I did not do that. You have the right to investigate who is helping you in your life and you will know what feels right. And if it feels right to you, go do it. If you feel weird about it, you don't have to stay with it and don't let anybody else pressure you in thinking that you need them. That's the number one thing. My first thing is 
Our goal is that you don't need me anymore, that you don't want to be with me and that you want to outgrow me. That's my goal. The day that you don't want to sign up because you don't need it is the day I celebrate. It means because we did encouragement, not enabling, because I don't need that for money. I need you to be happy and I need you to be successful. It's when that's what that person was saying to my loved one. You need me. And when you're vulnerable, right? And you're vulnerable and you're sad and you're looking for guidance and help, it's easy to be taken advantage of, but you can be vulnerable and still be smart. So remember that you can be smart. And so I was watching, I was watching the con, which I love uh, with Whoopi Goldberg. I don't know if you guys watch that or not. Anyway, check it out. It's like really, it's kind of very interesting how people pretend they're princes and they get away with, you know, billion dollar things. It's pretty fun. And the one with psychic, psychics that are cons. I'm a psychic. So I was like, oh, it's always about us. We always suck. And then I went, wait, 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 wait. There is no we, there is no way. This is me. That's them. And this, and they, the first thing you do is you hear like this woman for $5, get a reading and I'll change your life. So they're like, oh, it's only $5. And then the woman cons the woman out of $24,000. $24,000. First of all, if I, I don't, I'm not smart enough <laughs> to con somebody out of 24,000. I'd be like, <laughs> how would I do? I'm like, wow, how do you do that? Like, like I want $24,000. And they're like, well, no. And they're like, yes. And then you're like, no. And then they give them 24,000. It's like weird. And so people generally are very vulnerable. And so when you think that there's something, you have bad luck in your, in your world, or you think that nothing is going right. And um, a psychic or a spiritual is going to be like, hmm, you know, not thinking that maybe it's your attitude, <laughs> change your, change your latitude, change your attitude. You might have more positivity, or it may be that you're have chronic, something that needs to be taken care of. A psychic will go, you're cursed. And not to say we've had episodes where people have been cursed and it's not a joke. I mean, it's very serious business, but it's rare. It's really, it's. It's rare. It happens. It's rare. Like a poltergeist. You'll have ghosts in your house. You'll have ugly things in your house. But when you, when it really comes down to like extreme, like a haunting, it's like, it happens, but it's rare. Yeah. And they take their money, hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And what ended up happening is I told the woman, all I had to tell her was, I hate to tell you, you're not cursed. You're safe. And I'm going to show you why. And so I helped her kind of see that she is more in control of her spirituality and connection. She was feeling this way because that woman made her believe that she has a bad connection and a bad life and that she's cursed. And that is, that's, um, what's that, what's that word? You know, the word Donna, don't say what's the word? brainwashing brain is brainwashing, right? And so this goes to, again, with do your due diligence and do your investigation on people that are helping you move closer. I'm always happy. I always talk to people first. Listen, this is what I've been to. This is what I got. That's it. Yeah. Can I just, and again, yeah. I want to add to the PSA. Yeah. Um, do not think that you, if you know, just because you think you're clever or smart or it's going to happen to someone else, 
do not underestimate the power that language and words properly placed um, that are, uh, you know, because you've been observed and it's very easy to understand what people's pain points are. I mean, there are classes and courses that specifically talk about how to tap into the pain points in your mind to trigger a response that gets you to click a button. Sure. But just because you, you know, sure. look at someone who's been scammed or look at someone who has, who has been vulnerable and has a certain belief, let me tell you something. Every single time you pick up your phone and you open up Facebook, you are just as scammed. You are just as triggered. You are just as mentally manipulated. Mm -hmm. So yes, be diligent, be vigilant, do, do your homework, especially when you're going to plop down thousands of dollars in order to work with someone, work with someone reputable, make sure mm -hmm. that they have references. I mean, there's, but make no mistake about it. There is a pull, there is a mechanic to this in how you are being sold, the messages that are being given to you, the triggers that are going off in your heart and in your mind, and you are taken down a path to the point where that you don't even realize, and then you're hooked. And mm -hmm. so, you know, this is really for everyone, not yeah. just like, you know, don't think to, because you're someone who doesn't believe that you, you'll ever believe that you're cursed or anything like that, that you're not vulnerable to, uh, to a false prophet or a charlatan taking advantage of you. Christina, Donna, I still buy clothes on Amazon that don't fit me, that are from China. I don't know why I still do it. I don't know why I'm thinking. Stop it. I, I still buy it. I, I see. Stop I, it. I do. And then all of a sudden I hold it up and I'm like, are these for Donna, Donna, for Nico? Like they're like, they're like so tiny. And I'm like, this is a 4X. It's the size of my arm. I don't understand. But I'll still buy, I'll still, I have to stop doing that. I have to send them all back. I'm suckered. Those pants look great. I look great in those. Why? I would love to look great in those pants. I, I'm, I'm a victim of it too. Yeah. But I won't give somebody $24,000 because they told me to. Yeah. Because I don't have it. What's interesting <laughs> is the, the few people that uh, I know through you who actually have been through a curse, them thinking that it was a curse is the last thing on their mind. It was yeah. you saying um, there's, you know, there's spiritual contracts and this whatever. Right. And they're always like, what? Yeah. <laughs> people but who come to you and they're like, you have to remove this curse. It's like, okay. It's the curse of your own self-doubt. So let's so have curse a seat. of your self-esteem. <laughs> Raise that self-esteem. You the are curse that you hate your parents like everybody else. <laughs> Get in line. It's not a curse. You have a bad dad. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the curse of bad decisions. <laughs> your ex-boyfriend still has a hold on you. Yeah, yes. right. Yeah. Or girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a curse. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love this topic because again, it's just like, it's been on my mind because I'm seeing it more and more. So thanks for letting me talk about it and kind of understanding where I'm coming from. You know, it's like when our Allison came on, when we talk about Allison, uh, who's our, who is our Reiki master, 
She's the one Reiki master that is the end all be all we of amazingness. That we respect. We respect. That we were, so she's amazing. Amazing. Eating crow. After I said, ah, Reiki master, then I see her, I'm like, oh God, I'm shit. I'm so sorry. You know, and, and I said, there are amazing, amazing, amazing spiritualists out there. There's amazing people who do coaching, who are legit. Um, you know, I think about all the, all there's, there's great therapists, but like everything else, there are good doctors and not so great doctors and there's good friends and not so good friends. And then you have, you know, there it's not, it's not stereotyped all in one, but it's up to us to decide what's good for us and know that you have that you have that control. You have more control than you think you do. And so I, you know, and, and that's why I think this inspiration thing is that, you know, the slack I got for, for, um, from outside sources about how I was feeling about DMX because he did bad things, obviously does not read what I write or listen to videos that I speak of, make a judgment on me. And I said, oh, really? If it wasn't for his music, I wouldn't have had child support. I wouldn't have gotten a restraining order. And I said, and I wouldn't have advocated for myself because I was a scared young woman. I was scared in my car and I had to face my predator and I did not have anger in me. I was not an angry person. So I needed to be inspired. He inspired me to be angry mm -hmm. and say, get justice, do it, stop it. And I was like, yeah, up in here. And I went in like bopping my head in court going, you're not going to get me. And so how can I not thank his, his creativity or whatever he was expressing because he made an impact in my life. I have nothing to do with his life choices, but he inspired me. And that's my point with everything. Look deeper yeah. in people, yeah. look deeper. Don't just look at the surface, go deep, go deep. And that goes for people who are helping you be inspired by people yeah. who've inspired themselves. Mike drop. <laughs> yeah. Well, go deep, go, go into, go inward in Emerson says in you is your inward leader. You have so, the answers. Yeah. Go so deep as to go into yourself. For and that's the direction. what I yeah, you are your own oracle. See, this is yeah. where we match. This is where we match. I love that. Matching. That's it. Matching. That. Yep. Matching. You are your own, you know, be your own oracle. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, one of my pet peeves, you know, nice. go, uh, delving into the solopreneur um, life uh, for the first time. Uh, my new pet peeve is stop telling women they have imposter syndrome. What does oh that mean? Yes. Fucking stop it. Oh what my is imposter God. syndrome? I don't so, know what that is. So imposter oh. syndrome is, it's a term for, it's a thing, it's a whatever it is. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's an ism that, um, that labels that little teeny tiny uh, self-doubt you might have when you come to the table, whatever that table is. I feel like, um, you know, for example, if I had a piece of art in a gallery and I look around and I'm like, holy shit, everybody's art is fucking amazing. And I drawing stick drawings here. I don't belong here. I'm an imposter here. Oh, right. So every single 
um, conversation, I noticed at first it was like, yeah, I, I feel that when I put my hat in the ring um, to being a freelance writer and I wasn't exactly sure what my niche is and Christina helped me with that. And, um, you know, going through that and, and joining women's groups for business, Facebook groups and other networking opportunities. And it kept coming up. And it, at the very beginning, I was like, yeah, I have to tackle that. And then after, I don't know, a while, it's such, it's almost like um, it's over suggestive so that you are, so you absolutely hold on to it. It's part of that manipulation. And I noticed that conversation does not fucking happen in men's circles. And I've asked this because I've, I've, uh, you know, I've kind of picked up on it and I've asked like young businessmen, they're like, no, what the fuck is that? Who cares? You know? And I don't mean to put people in heteronormative boxes at all. However, I do find that there's a certain, um, you know, there's a certain Instagram, uh, light colored pink cursive, uh, <laughs> I'm making Christina laugh that, <laughs> marketing technique that is you know guaranteed to get you to where you are and the first thing you got to do is get rid of that imposter syndrome um i i really wish that would fucking stop if anybody can hear me go ahead can I, can I go yeah can i go because oh my god you just made me realize something that really bugs the shit out of me mm -hmm. when it comes to like the feminine narrative yeah yeah so yes, absolutely. So with you, Donna, about imposter syndrome. So sick of that. Sick of it. So I just want to talk about an experience that I had um, or that I feel like I keep having, but I have a story and, you know, and, and look, I know, you know, Kathy, like you've told me that I've got like the spirit of a dude, you know, like you've called me very dude like and I do I mean my <laughs> taste in my taste in movies is that of a 14 year old boy so <laughs> you know there that I do have there is some there's you know what I, I didn't say to, I said masculine I just masculine. want to say I don't there's know. like yeah like you know I've got I've got there's some bro in me there really yeah. is but whatever so I'm on this uh I'm on this like clubhouse discussion I had just been interviewed um, and the host is uh, highlighting me in, in Clubhouse. And the question was posed, like, do you, and I was with other people who were also talking and he asked this of other people. He said, do you work on the weekends? And uh, so um, I, I had said, yes, you know, I, I do work on the weekends, but the things I do are like, I read Socrates or like, I'll, Right. Like I'll do things that I, you know, I really enjoy, but kind of more in a relaxed mode. And uh, then a guy spoke and he had some cool thing to say, like he likes to go out on bike rides, uh, you know, and he said something cool. And then this woman comes on and was like, I'd like to offer a feminine perspective. <laughs> Oh, for and real. I'm thinking to myself, did I just not fucking speak? Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
and and let me tell you what the feminine perspective was. Oh Lord. Yeah, I Did swear. I do not exaggerate. Mask, I do like, not exaggerate. I if, swear. If this has I'd a like to, cuticles oh my, and a face mask. Yes. Yes. <gasps> I'd like to offer a feminine perspective. In five minutes, I am about to get a massage. Oh my God. And we all really just need to slow down and rest. And blah blah divine feminine edge energy <laughs> estrogenical tyranny like vaginal whatever <laughs> okay and in my mind i'm like bitch did i just not fucking speak am i not a fucking feminine perspective like i don't and but this ha okay yeah. so yeah yeah so that happened and there's just this like cadre yeah. of these like women yeah. that are I I don't feel aligned with yeah. same, um, same. that represents this like the, yeah. I feel like I'm encountering the popular girls from yeah. high school yeah. 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 yeah 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 all over again and I just I don't know the pantomimes. I don't right. know that right. like subtle right. layer of that feminine gaming shit. I yeah. don't get it. Yeah. It's not <laughs> me, but man, I am butting heads lately yeah. with this, this kind of woman. Um, she has been coming into my sphere and I'm talking this cadre of women have yeah. been coming yeah. into my yeah. sphere and now I'm actually not fucking around about it either. Yeah. Good. No, like one woman... No. I offered, I was sorry, one more story, but just to yeah, tell yeah. you how I am not effing around because I, I had contributed a point of view about something, um, about something that CEOs are doing that I think is actually kind of great. And this woman that totally represents this says, I'd like to challenge that. And then challenge. continues to say something very banal and uninteresting. And I, and I said, Actually, I'm going to respond to that and completely obliterated her argument. God. Like more alchemist, completely obliterated, and and it which because I just was not like I don't mind if someone disagrees with me. I yeah. I don't mind if someone has a different point of view. I actually really love it. It makes yeah. me a smarter person. But <laughs> the second someone comes at me like I'd like to challenge that, is that really necessary? Because man. Yeah. I'll show you a challenge. Yeah. Like, you know what I, I'm sorry. I am thing. totally ripped shit about this fucking vaginal infantry yeah. Yeah. that's like coming at me and oh I'm God. not having it. Yeah. Sorry. No. Okay. I'm no. done. No, I feel you. I that's feel awesome. you. I was in I'm a, proud of you. Stand up. I was in a breakout Zoom room in one of those women networking things and somebody was like, um, I really want to address like how do you deal with self-care and deal with imposter syndrome and I said stop looking at Instagram telling you you have imposter syndrome stop it and she was like oh I'm like you're being told by other women that you have imposter syndrome stop having the conversation let's talk about something else who do you choose for business banking like step outside of that and you know what? I know that self-care and bubble baths and crystals up your, your, your vagina is awesome and great and should be part of your day. But 
Right on. That's not going to help me move business forward, by the way. That's just how I feel. Put your crystal and your uni in your own time. But I don't really need it to be your narrative while you're doing bookkeeping and trying to sell bookkeeping services. You know, you know it's like I... <laughs> First of all, I'm proud of you guys. I'm proud of you because, you know, we talk about masculine and feminine energies and we, you know, I am masculine. I like to dress up like a man and I like to hang out and that's my comfort zone. And yeah, I do not, I will not change who I am. I do enjoy a face mask here. No, I have skincare, but I don't wear makeup. I am diverse in understanding my balance of my yin and my yang. And I think it is not okay, you know, to, it's okay to be that if you're like, I'm like that. And I love how you are too. So why don't we just hang out together and just be our most authentic self, but to, to put down that, I think is, it's not, it's, it's just not okay. It's just not okay. Keep challenging. Yeah. Keep challenging. I would be curious to know if the woman who said, I'd like to challenge that has that tone with everybody in a group or just someone who doesn't have the same dialect as her or maybe doesn't you know maybe she has some she has some mom issues and she has to show that she's the bigger lady yeah sometimes that's what happens that's what i mean yeah that's what i mean i feel like there's a certain alpha uh, yeah. female that um comes forward in this in that real condescending i'm not i i'm not quick enough for that, like if somebody was to challenge me, I'm like, I'm not quick. I would just be like, okay, I'll just laugh. I'll just smile and not react. I'll just go into my Buddha right. self and just, you know, but I often say, it looks like you really need a hug. Looks like you weren't <laughs> supported. That's how I say, it. I just don't go, do I say anything? Don't open my, I just say, it looks like you really need support. I need a hug. You know, it looks like you didn't have enough attention. That's what I say. <laughs> and so, you know, we all have to go it that way, but don't not challenge it because I yeah. think that that's, that's for other people who can't, who don't know how to advocate for themselves. And again, not allowing somebody to just be themselves, I think is a dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. Dangerous mm -hmm. as well. That was amazing. All right. So Christina, let's review where everybody can find you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, my website, you could go to moralchemy.com. So M-O-R-A-L-C-H-E-M-Y.com. Uh, check out the seven questions for life, the new morning routine, the number seven questionsforlife.com. And there's a 15% discount uh, for sisters are in fans with code sisters are in. Uh, and then there's the mental detox. So the mental detox.com. Uh, so you can go check that out too. Um, do you still do your podcast? So season two is uh, I'm going to start recording season two, uh, probably in the summertime. Oh, great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're looking forward to it. So proud and you're amazing. I love that you're here. I love seeing you. Um, you're my, you're my person, man. I love you so much. I love 40 you years. You I know, love you both. Oh, by the way, it's my birthday tomorrow. Just it, It's going to be after you hear this, but it was my birthday if you're listening to it. And I just want to say Aries in the house. Anybody who's an Aries, hey, give a shout out to Aries. Well, and also, you what? what You're interrupting my- You know what people my... can give you for your birthday? What? They can sign up for the sign mini up. full moon workshop. Oh, yeah. Which is a week from Friday, which is um, 
uh, like uh, connect with your crystals. It's, connect, it's a crystal. Here, wait, let me do the commercial. Do you have do you have crystals that are just hanging around your house? You don't know what to do? Do you feel like you just haven't really connected with that quartz in a while? Take time out and do that. That Friday, what Donna says, come and join me for only $11. So are your crystal down. are your crystals experiencing imposter syndrome? <laughs> do they need exactly. do your crystals need self-care? Exactly. <laughs> help your help your crystals <laughs> tap into that feminine perspective <laughs> by going to Kathy's workshop. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Go to the sistersarein.com. Sign up. It's Friday the 23rd. It's going to be fun. And you get to spend the, an hour with me, which is fun. We're going to have a good time. Celebrate. Right. right. I feel like anybody who comes to the workshop and says that their crystals have imposter syndrome is going to they get, get a free present. You get a me. prize. You get, you a, get prize. a prize. God is going to give you a prize. You're and not going to prize. Laugh. My my selenite has imposter syndrome. <laughs> has imposter syndrome. Wait, it's wait. I know. I thought it was metatron, but it's really my cousin Joe. No, no, no. It's my smoky quartz has imposter syndrome. It really should be a selenite. <laughs> oh my God, my hematite really thinks it's an amethyst, and I think we need to take it down a notch. Oh my God. <laughs> this is my pants. Oh we have God. officially lost all control, everybody. Just <laughs> <laughs> so out there. Okay. I think we're done. I think we right. gotta be done. Okay. All right. I all love right. you guys so much. You guys Thank so Christina. much. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Christina. Thank you. Bye. Love Bye. you. Love you, sweetie. Open up my window